yo, yo, what up? It's your boy, Kobe Mack, and this is the Kobe Told Me Podcast. You whenever I want to deep dive with the Mack himself, where I get to amplify my movie reviews for your listening pleasure. Another M Report Pod. Would you please consider giving your boy a follow? I'm on all the socials, at Kobe Told Me, on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook, at Kobe Mack. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is the long overdue episode 42 the honor review amongst many more oh man what can i say another epic several weeks are in the books and our world will never be the same if you've been hiding under a rock or if you're like my man jared leto who just came out of seclusion and was like wait what <laughs> there's a global pandemic There's a global pandemic, folks, and the coronavirus, specifically COVID-19, has gripped the world, gripped Hollywood and cinema, and has turned everything upside down. Um, This is day number eight for me in heavy isolation slash social distancing. It's been eight days since I've been in my office down here in Atlanta and as of yesterday evening Atlanta is officially on government lockdown so I guess for the next 15 days um, pretty much anything that is non-essential got to be done indoors which I'm fine with Um, I've really been a big proponent of social distancing flattening the curve the only time that I've really ever went out is to replenish and stock up on like fresh groceries and produce and stuff like that. And it's a little worrisome seeing how folks aren't listening and we got to go through these extreme measures to flatten the curve so we do not cripple our healthcare system. And in times like this, we look towards, I know for me, I look for direction and leadership and we're not getting that right now, which is really whack. But in times of hardship, in times of frustration, we typically look to other things to kind of lift us up. And unfortunately, movies, which is usually my go-to, man, things are weird. Like the 2020 movie count currently stops at 28 movies at the theater as of this recording. And I typically say a bunch more to go, but yo, that's a bunch more that's like up in the air. I mean, don't get me wrong, this time that I'm not in the office and I'm fortunate and blessed to work a day job where I'm allowed to work 100% virtual and I'm not really impacted in a lot of ways. I still get my podcasts in and right now, me and the Mrs. Mac, we're doing like we are going through like we're constantly adding stuff to our queue (laughs) streaming a lot of stuff at home you know but before the shutdown and everything like that you know before amc and regal and all the theaters said bye bye for a little while or for a lot of while i did get a chance to catch onward and obviously if you're following your boy you know that he's still been putting out some content watch onward the way back bloodshot i'm really kind of pissed that the last movie i saw in the movie theater was the hunt (laughs) i really really am (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, but man, I've been streaming so much stuff. Um, I mean, on Netflix, I got into Spencer Confidential. It's a new Mark Wahlberg film. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's a very meh 
I don't even know. I can't really call it like an action movie. It's just like a their movie. Like it really, I think if anything, what this shutdown is going to do, I don't say expose Netflix, but like it's really going to highlight like the difference in Netflix and like how much their quantity is versus their quality. And like Mark Wahlberg was talking up Spencer Confidential like it's about to be this kind of like gritty old man, you know, getting some paid back for being wronged and like the show like it reminds like i don't know why every time i hear the name and it's spelled so weird like i don't know what it's based off of but like i remember spencer for hire and i have no idea if this is based off that because i remember watching it when i was a kid with my mom and my grandma and i was like yo i don't know about the spencer guy but james avery excuse me brooks avery who was uh he was the captain from uh, star trek uh, deep space nine like, he was, like, the, the second dude to, like, Spencer in that show. And I was like, that's a bad mother... Yo, but this is this is nothing like that. I, I, I really don't know. All I know is that when I watched that movie, I was just like, man, is this done yet? And it's, it's a perfectly meh. Like, it doesn't do anything super duper bad. It just doesn't do anything special or memorable. It's just one of those movies you popped in and just like, eh, well, that was a movie. It rightfully belonged on Netflix. Now, I haven't got a chance to watch too, too many netflix movies i'm surprised that netflix right now isn't like yo we got it whatever whatever our slate was for whatever our netflix produced content like we just got to get it going because right now we have tens of millions of people stuck at home and we want their eyes on netflix and if they don't have netflix we want them to get netflix subscriptions i still don't understand the model to how netflix makes money but i'm assuming they're the one of the few companies right now whose stock is going up and i don't really hear a lot of like original netflix produced movies that are like on their way like i would have a netflix channel just loaded up like it's coming it's coming it's coming but there's a bunch of series i mean you got um i am not okay with this which came out a couple of weeks ago i finally got around to it it's with sophia lilith from um from it and the dude from it is also in it and it's like this ain't it um no pun intended this is like stranger things light shout out <laughs> to the netflix as well podcast it's exactly like that it's a very mediocre it's weird like the one thing i'll give any netflix content is that the production values are going to be super duper high it's just a lot of their a lot of their central stories like they should be compelling and they just aren't and i don't know what it is about sophia lilith as like a lead character especially when she does narration but like i'm just not with it and I love superpowers, I love action, and this doesn't have that. It's pretty much like a coming-of-age story, which we've seen before in this nondescript town with this nondescript white girl. And, like, that's, that. This, keep in mind, this is what the show is telling you. And it just was like, eh, okay. Like, Carrie did it better? I don't know. Like, I guess if you put, like, Carrie with, like, something, I, I don't know, man. All I know, like a lot of the new Netflix series that I've watched, the, the best part about it is that it's short. It was a super easy binge, um, which I'm good with. And if you're not going to be like the 30 minutes or less episodes, some of the miniseries have been all right. Uh, I watched uh, Self Made. That's what Octavia Spencer. It's inspired by. Make sure you highlight this. It is inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. Now, my daughter, right off the back of Black History Month, Shout out to the mini Mac down in Orlando. Um, she did like a bunch of different like, um, you know, 
research into you know prominent black figures from her past and stuff like that i personally don't know a lot about madam cj walker just about the you know the casual stuff that i picked up when i was a kid and after this four-part miniseries, I still don't really know if I know anything about her. The fact that this is an inspiration of, there was just, I, I was left with more questions and answers of like, what is real and what isn't. And there's things that have come out afterwards in regards to like how they're attacking colorism and LGBTQ plus on screen with this show. Like there's this weird contemporary vibe that this show has and some of its choices with the way it tells the story, with the way that it's edited and also with its music, which like on on, on on the face of it could be good but on something else it takes away from like the poignance of like who madam cj walker was like that story enough should have been enough and it wasn't because they sprinkled all this other shit in and I, I i don't know it just it's four episodes it's also a quick binge i'm just surprised at how ugh, i was afterwards like if i were to rate that show on the kobe tomi scale i'd probably put it somewhere between like a five or a six yo i think i may start incorporating decimals i don't maybe i've, I've watched too much content y'all but like for real for real my whole not good not bad everything's feeling like a five lately is it me am, am i getting jaded because you know i'm the most subjectively objective critic in the game and i tend to be a defender of content and everything is feeling like a five like a lot of stuff like yo the letter for the king which the trailers that came out before it's this new kind of i guess netflix family series but you know it's kids it's medieval times it's sci-fi it's fantasy and it was also just ugh. like it had some good stuff going for it, but then it just did like some like tropey shit and because i guess it's marketed as a netflix family property maybe i should give it some grace like it wasn't sci-fi enough and it wasn't like action it just wasn't enough but i did get to some sweet stuff in preparation of the season three debut of westworld i was like yo i can't wait westworld's coming back let me get my hbo subscription and of course my wife was like oh is that something i would like and i'm like damn and if y'all out there listening right now you know what that damn means it's because you know when you're in a relationship partnership whatever kind of ship you want to call it typically you're watching stuff together it's hard for me to watch something by myself especially right now when i got no kid in the house like <laughs> pretty much when i'm not working and i'm not potting i'm watching something with the mrs mac and i'm like um i don't know if this is your cup of tea she's like well you didn't think that game of thrones was my cup of tea and i damn sure didn't think it was and somehow it was so like now now that she's watched game of thrones she thinks she can watch anything that i like to watch and unfortunately we binged through the entire first season of westworld which still remains a perfect fucking season it is absolutely amazing and even more watching it back i'm like oh my god and i was watching her and her eyes like big up when she sees all the little twists and stuff like that if you have not watched if you haven't watched westworld you are sorely missing out i'm telling you so now we're getting through season two which is not as great as the first season i'll admit that but i cannot wait to start season three like i'm really hoping to, like maybe by tonight or tomorrow or something like that we can get to it because from what i hear these past two episodes have been really damn good but there was one new series that i got to as well the boy's been doing work and it sucks that I'm like three months late after this movie, came, this, this TV series came out. It's on Apple TV Plus. 
It's Jason Momoa's C. I don't know why I allowed people to check me out from checking out this show, right? This show is so damn good, y'all. Like, it is, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then I looked up, like, the, the Rotten Tomatoes score on it, and, like, I, 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 I don't understand why people are shitting on this show. Like, if you do not know by now, I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, I love action. It's got all of that shit. It's got Jason Momoa. Okay, like, you know right off, now I will tell you this, that trailer, it didn't hit. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But like, I always say this, y'all, you give me a decent enough story, engaging characters and dope action, and you've got me. I believe this world. It's super cool. It's like several hundred years in the future. And after this virus, which timely enough, <laughs> gosh, after a virus infects the world, there's only 2 million remaining inhabitants on the planet Earth, and they lost the ability to see. And inside of this world that's just trying to make sense of itself, there's this set of twins that gets born with sight. And we pretty much just follow this journey of this chieftain, Baba Voss, my nigga, <laughs> Jason Momoa, being a badass blind man who has taken these kids in and is like, no matter what, he's he's going to protect them. Like that alone is it. That's like that's the show. And we spend eight episodes. I mean, I mean, it's some of the most beautiful looking TV series I've ever seen. Like if Game of Thrones looked like, think of The Revenant, but on TV. Like if you were to marry The Revenant with The Walking Dead, with um, Into the Badlands, and The 100, like, that's this show. It is so good. Episode 3 blew my damn mind. Me and my wife were on our couch hollering. <laughs> we were screaming. It was so good. Like, oh, my Lord. Yo, please, I cannot I, I cannot wait for season 2 of C. I hope it comes soon. But if you have not seen C, and you've been skeptical like me because stupid critics, which I am one, thought, like, you shouldn't check it out. I promise you, you will not be disappointed in C on Apple TV+. Plus. Go check it out. And you won't be disappointed into a guest pod that I did. Shout outs to Bianca Gardner, my homie, aka The Film B. You can follow her personally at The Film Letter B on Twitter. I did a guest pod for Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It's a new podcast that she has coming out very, very soon. You can also follow her podcast at SWLB Podcast. Um, we did it on Fight Club. That should be dropping pretty soon. And um, when it does, I'll make sure to retweet it and all that stuff. Um, it was a great conversation. Um, I hadn't got a chance to talk about Fight Club in a professional manner. And the way that we broke down that film was super fun. The film B is great. She's doing her damn thing out there in the UK. Get better home girl. But what needs to get better is the way that we're going to have to approach how I typically do my box office thing, right? Like... This podcast has like evolved in a way where I kind of attack the box office and put my reviews in there and I kind of weave it all together and we're still going to do that. So what I'll do is kind of, you know, start from where we last left off, right? And kind of give you guys a little bit of news while I do it. So from the last time you heard from me onward was the last number one movie of 2020. Um, I do not believe that that's going to remain the case. And like what I mean by that is that I do not believe that that's the last film that's going to come out. Now, I will say a couple weeks ago, things were looking bleak. You know, we didn't have a, a, a big control of 
what was to happen, right? You know, movie theaters tried to practice the social distancing by limiting to half of their theaters to be filled and have some space and and, then work out. And obviously, you know, with, um, you know, the pressures from the CDC and local governments, rightfully so, they made a tough and hard decision on closing. And um, honestly, that's a conversation for a whole nother podcast on how that's going to impact just our theater workers and stuff like that. Like my best friend manages a movie theater, you know, and and it's, it's, it's tough, you know, Um, but I do believe that the movies will come back to the theater. I don't think that that's going to be in two weeks. A strong likelihood is that I don't think that's going to be in two months. But at some point, late summer, I think we're going to be back in full swing. Or I pray that we will be because I am already getting the itch because I miss being in the theater so much. But, yo, I love getting a chance to see Onward. It's the latest Pixar flick, which going into it, I didn't have a lot of hope for. There was something about the trailer and the market. I was like, ah. There's something about this that doesn't look like a Pixar movie. And yo, I guess big ups to, you know, Pixar for being the type of company where they've raised the standard of their film so high. When something looks remotely different, we think like, oh, well, that's not Pixar because they didn't do it like how it did something that came before. And, And the one thing that we have to remember is that it is Pixar. And when they got that name on it, for the most part, it's for a reason. And damn it, they did it again these monsters like how dare pixar fool me i thought i was gonna get this inconsequential kind of dreamworks-esque trailer that would turn out to be an average family fic which i got the mini mac we're gonna take her to pretty much everything that comes out and just based off of the trailer i thought like okay the visuals aren't gonna be that stunning and i will say this about the movie while the animation is not on the level of like inside out and coco like it's this movie is far from like this kind of stock and middling kind of middle of the road venture that I thought it was going to be. And it did start out a bit rocky. It didn't have like that, that <laughs> that we come to expect from like some Pixar movies and like, but once it gets going, there's like this really dope and sweet, magical kind of bro journey. And it, it's really, really touching. And like Onward fully embraces like the fantasy genre. And it pokes fun at itself too, which I think was super cool. There's a there's a lot of laughs to be had, and there's even more heart to be held with this movie. Like Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, shout out to them, man. Like, one, they're really great voice actors. You know, Tom Holland's been doing a bunch. Most recently he did a great job in Spies in Disguise. You had, you know, Chris Pratt inside of um yeah, Chris Crack. Yeah, yeah, it was inside the Lego movie. And uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, man, it's, it's really damn good. And honestly, even though you see it coming, Dan Scanlon, the director of this film, like he packs in like this really powerful exploration of brotherhood and, and manhood and fatherhood inside this kid's film. And me and my wife just kept looking at each other. My daughter's in the middle. Like we're like welling up because we could see it. Like, how are they doing this like it'll knock you on your ass it and honestly it delivers one of if not the best third act in pixar's history bam i put that on front street at one point i'm gonna go back and really dig deeper into all <laughs> it's a really like all of the pixar films and their third acts and um i did rank the pixar films. shout out to my homie monty 
at the Movie Marathoners podcast. Um, we did dive deep, in, deep into it, and we did an amazing exploration where we ranked the entire Pixar catalog. And I think, shit, now I can't remember where I had the movie. I think I had it. It's in my top 10. And just because I say it's my best third act, Pixar got some bangers like at the top. And the good thing is that if you didn't get a chance to see it in the movie theater, it is on digital now. And this is going to be interesting. You know, with some of the films that had a very short theatrical run because of the theater shutdowns and the coronavirus, paying $20 for this film is going to be unique. For a lot of families that didn't get a chance to watch the movie, like it really had, it had one major week, but like things were kind of progressing where like we should stay away from the movie theater. And I will say the marketing wasn't as strong as some other films, so it didn't have like the biggest outing when it first came out, and then its second week was a huge drop, but I'm not going to fault that because there were so many theaters, like literally, like things progressed so fast that like you heard this one week and the next week, like it was like shut down, it was done. So I wonder, yo, if you got a chance to watch Onward on digital, and you forked over to $20, how did it feel? Because I think we interpret 20 bucks differently. Like it's so much easier to spend $20 when I'm out and about than when I spend $20 like just when I'm at home. Like I'm gonna put a pin in that. We gonna talk about it a little bit more. Um, before everything shut down, I still believe made some money at the theater. Um, I'm I'm wondering if it's gonna get a digital release too to kind of recoup some of its box office. Bloodshot is gonna try to do the same and. Um, yeah, I did a I did a double feature of Bloodshot and The Hunt in the same night. And what a way to close out my theater going experience for 2020 for the foreseeable future. Cause um well I mean the lowest of expectations have to be had and they are fully required to really enjoy Bloodshot. And said this earlier, decent enough story, engaging characters, dope action, you got me. The story wasn't decent enough. The characters were super unengaging. And the action was, I, I'll give it that. Like, the thing is, is that the premise alone for Bloodshot, I'm not familiar with the comic book, you know, but it is a superhero comic book property. And it obviously has ties into other characters like Deadpool and Deadshot and Bloodshot and all, all that stuff, right? So there's potential in the story. It's just the execution leaves so much to be desired. And like you come to these movies for the action and it does have it. There are several action scenes that like, yo, are pretty dope, but they're dope on the big screen. They're dope in Dolby. The hashtag Kobe does Dolby. Dolby, you know, push. Dolby like enhancement really, really worked in how this film worked out for me. But the thing is like, there's some cool choreography and action sequences. And once you get over the kind of Taken-esque style editing, it's pretty dope. Some of them are pretty, pretty good. Everything else, like the direction, like the script, like the performances, uh, it's, it's, it's not great. <laughs> it really, really is not great. But it's out on digital right now. So this is kind of like the new thing. For the recent films that were in out in a very shortened window, they're coming to digital so many months earlier you know usually a film is in the theaters for like three months and then you know after a few weeks it goes to digital for like you know another like three four months and then it goes to like other streaming services right this is all getting pushed up it's twenty dollars i am not renting <laughs> this movie to put a damn twenty dollars <laughs> i'm really really not and if you are let me know what you thought about it how did you feel about that twenty dollars after <laughs> if you just catch it now
<laughs> Yo, but after Bloodshot, um, you know, came out uh, before that, you had still in the top 10, The Invisible Man, which I think for a lot of folks is probably like the tops for them in their 2020, you know, movie releases. And then we got The Hunt. Um... A film that I was looking forward to in the late summer, early fall of last year got pushed back because of some concerns about certain elements and themes expressed inside the film, which nobody really knew going into it how, like, what, like, like, why? You know, it caught the wind of, I guess, the GOP and Trump and stuff like that, and I was really, really excited to see this movie, which I think why it hurt me even more of how much I dislike it. Um, I got into a deeper conversation with the minorities, shout out to them, at Emberport Pod, and I was alone. <laughs> I was alone on an island. Um, Dez, Raul, Shama, somehow they love this movie. So I really question <laughs> our friendship because I, I don't get what is there to love about this film? Like, maybe we should call The Hunt like a social experiment? And if it's an experiment, was it a success? No. However, it at first, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And although the first act is narratively and tonally irritating as fuck, and the film thematically is super irresponsible... Like, it's trying to be cute, but it's too on the nose to be cute. And it's trying to be clever, but it really doesn't have anything to say because it's saying it to both sides, which I just don't get. And in the midst of that conversation, I was in the middle, like, at a 5 out of 10 on this film. And, like, what they were saying just still wasn't adding up. Like, I had to drop the film even lower. Like, I have no idea... Who is propagating these ideas? Because there's nothing but cartoon characters and stereotypes inside this film. And they're not servicing a central idea at all. Because it's not coming from a central character. Like our protagonist, Crystal. Let me tell you something. Crystal is a dope character. Betty Gilpin does a great job. Um, I'm playing around with doing like an award show for like, you know, the best of 2020 so far. Which actually may be pretty easier since I kind of skipped out on last year. But like... Betty Gilpin does a phenomenal job. There's so much great physical acting that she does. And I love the way her character seems to be in a different movie. But yet her character isn't saying anything to the central idea of what this film is trying to say. That means that the film narratively falls apart. Like this film is clueless of where to direct its message or like how to do it effectively at all. This film isn't funny enough. It's not serious enough either. Like, but damn, Betty Gilpin, she's really, really great. Yo, she's outstanding. And like in parts of this film like the entire third act is just like i, I did this um i did this student film uh with uh, myself and raul back when we were in college a decade ago called shotgun it's just two dudes fighting over getting the front seat of the car and like the way that they do the third act is like we shot that film and we wasn't really trying to say shit and that film was more fun and better and shout out to hillary swank too it was good to be able to see her but like I do not want more films to come out trying to be the hunt because if you're going to be a satire, you got to go for it. And they didn't. Total failure. Four out of ten. And then you also got some other stuff come out too, like, you know, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, that's going to be coming out, you know, with a digital release. Um, the Way Back is going to be getting a digital release too. Um, it's a damn good sports movie. I have, I've yet to really put down my thoughts on it. I know when I first watched it, 
I was super high. Like I was I was really, really high, y'all. Not high, like high, high. Like I was really, really high on it. Like I was riding an emotional wave off of Ben Affleck's performance that had me at like a nine out of ten. And then as I started to put down my thoughts on paper, just type it out on my laptop, there were certain conventions narratively like of like there's a, like a formula to some sports movies where Gavin O'Connor, he's a brilliant, like he did Warrior and it's a damn good sports movie, right? And this is more of a character study, like with Warrior, but just less of the sport. Like the sport that we're tackling is a sport called life. And more and more than I'm thinking about it, there's a better performance in this film than the film as a whole, but this is not a bad film, like at all. Like there's great supporting performances. It's a basketball movie, but this movie isn't about basketball. Like basketball takes a back seat. And for folks thinking that they're gonna have like this Coach Carter underdog story, there's elements of that in this, but it's not that. And from, for more of my expanded thoughts, we're gonna be doing a podcast review on the way back with myself and minorities a little bit later tonight. That'll drop hopefully in a day or two, right? You also got the Call of the Wild that was inside the top 10 before we last left. Um, I mean, it's a dog movie. I've talked about that enough. Um, Emma, I can't remember if I talked about Emma on this podcast or not. And that's only because I don't think it does. I think I was harder on Emma than probably I deserve to be. But at the same time, I haven't been geeked up to try to watch it again. Now, this may be in the bag for the Mrs. Mac. So if it comes to digital, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not paying $20 to watch this shit. <laughs> And it's not shit. Let me not say that. It is not shit. Like it's, it's got everything you could want in this kind of Georgian era comedy adaptation of a famed Jane Austen novel. Like, and there's been a lot of remakes of this. Like one, I had no clue that Clueless essentially was a remake, reimagining of. It. When I re when I realized that, oh. Just, I'd just rather watch Clueless. This shit, that shit is way better. Way better than this. And like, Emma's not doing anything. Like, okay. There's gorgeous production design. There's gorgeous costume design. There's great music. There's a talented cast. But my goodness. Like, it's, it's, it's just a very uninteresting story the way that it's depicted in this script. It's so, like, I feel like this director just didn't make it their own. And coming from a non-book reader, this just feels like, okay, it's a movie. Like, I didn't really understand the external goals because there's a lot of characters in this. And our central character, I didn't understand her goal. It's just to meddle. And it's I, there's like this will there, won't they, that her and another character have. And I feel like it was kind of fumbled and it wasn't very clear to like damn near the end of the movie. And the pacing kind of makes you think the movie ends more times than it does. And that's always a knock. And... Maybe, I mean, it's too long. It, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's, but then again, like, there's a lot of folks that, like, tend to, like, really, really liking it. And I just don't see what they saw. Like, I don't get why this film, like, just didn't take any chances. Like, you, you played it too safe. Like, you, you really, really did. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If you've seen it, like, yo, Kobe, you crazy. Um, I guess I'm gonna be crazy with this one. Um, unless the Mrs. Mac wants to watch it again, I will not be. Damn sure, but not for no $20. And yo, but last but not least, closing out the top 10, coming to a TV screen near you is Bad Boys for Life. Yo, the movie made $400 million globally. Um, it's the box office king of 2020 so far. Crazy to think that. <laughs> and it's coming to digital next week to continue to just dominate 
that's worth twenty dollars. Like I'll watch that again. I don't know if you know pay for it, um, but <laughs> I'm a, you know what I like. I like having. I love having my physical copies of stuff. Like I'll buy it for twenty. I'm not renting nothing for twenty dollars, but I will buy it for twenty dollars. So we'll see. You know, and we'll also see what I'm gonna have coming up. Um, I've got a lot more time in my hands to be more intentional and to be more consistent with giving you KTM when you need it, when you want it. And right now with our world being upside down, I can understand that you're going to want it more. There's so many podcasts and putting out extra content and your boy will follow suit. I'm going to come up with some great, like I I, I tweeted out the other day that I I think I want to do, since I haven't got a chance to do it on this platform, is to do a rewatch of the DCEU and start it off with Man of Steel and doing a full podcast bonus review for it. So be on the lookout for bonus reviews. Be on the lookout for, I guess at this point, I may need to kick up the uh, the Stream Team podcast to come back. Well, not come back. It hasn't started. Um, something I came up with back in like November. But there's so many options that we got. And so many people are craving right now on what to watch. I think I need to assemble the squad. Um, you can go ahead and follow the Stream Team podcast at the Stream Team 6 on Twitter right now. That should be coming soon. Um, it'll pretty much be the sports center for streaming. So you can follow it now and uh, be on the lookout for any content that we can be able to help pretty much queue you up for, to get through these next uh, few weeks of just a crazy, crazy time. Um, you can visit my website for any and all written content when I get around doing it at kobetobi.com and you can listen to me co-hosting with the crew. Minority Report Film Podcast. Follow all of our crazy commentary at M Report Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe told me. Peace. <laughs>